from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back. It's Locked On Chiefs, and we have a great show for you today. There's a lot going on in Chiefs Kingdom and a lot of questions. We actually are going to get to the things that are not being said by the Chiefs themselves as well as around town with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com coming up here in a little bit. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, the guy who does the athletic matrix. You can find all the athleticism numbers in it for this upcoming draft. Check out RogueAPC.com. And I'm also your host over at RGR Football. If you haven't been there yet, check that out. We are going to get into the details with Matt, and I do want to cover everything that isn't being said. That's important. A couple of things that have been said really stuck out to me the other day, though, and it wasn't by a current chief. It was by a guy who is now a Baltimore Raven. Sammy Watkins actually did some press, and we heard a couple of clips here and there, and it wasn't anything earth-shattering, but I, I would say that one comment did stand out to me upon review in that he felt like it's somewhere that he could spend five or six years, that he was looking for someplace that he could spend that time and play, and he wanted to have fun. That says a number of things for me. Uh, it tells me that, you know, fun is part of it. This certainly is a fairly loose organization. Andy Reid is known as a player's coach. Um, clearly, the relationships on the, on this team have grown, and they do keep things fairly uh, low-key. And I think that is a positive thing for, for performance, for developing those relationships, etc. But if you are just here to have fun, it does question, give me a question, like, if that's your priority, like, does that change the way you go about your job? I think that is something to consider. And I also think that uh, five or six years is being really, really optimistic because he hasn't been able to put together uh, a full season in quite a long time. And I wouldn't have guessed that he'd be focusing that far in the future. Now, Sammy is a groovy dude. He is out there and he is overly positive, And I think that's great. So maybe that is the way that it looks. But, you know, he had some kind things to say about Kansas City as well, that he had fun. Uh, while he was here, and it was an amazing time, and he just needed new scenery. I don't know exactly what that's supposed to mean, because you came to a place and won a Super Bowl. It is it is difficult. He also went on to say that uh, one thing that he wants to get back to the guy that he was in college. He thinks he wants to get on the field and have fun and keep running the way that he did then. He, he says uh, he thought he is that guy, and I just want to have a healthy season to put together. And that really is what it comes down to. And I think that's why he's not in Kansas city. Um, I'm glad that he's focused on that, but I have trouble seeing that this is going to be anything different outside of Kansas city that gave him as much rope as he could handle to try and get that done and be successful. So um, I I don't mourn the loss of Sammy Watkins. I think he's going to be in a happier place. Um, And I think the chiefs actually will get more production out of, uh, the guys that they run at wide receiver three without having to worry about is Sammy going to be healthy or not. I think that is a load off the coaching staff's mind as well. So that said, they might not be saying that. There's a lot of other things they aren't saying either. We're going to get with Matt Derrick and go over some of that coming up next. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It's Built Bar Madness. Their daily matchups as all the high-powered flavors go head-to-head. Go to BuiltBar.com or at BuiltBar on Twitter. Check out the matchup and vote in the Built Bar bracket. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. 
Check back and see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It is another week, and so Matt Derrick carved out some time in his schedule for us to like set me straight. How are you, Matt? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well, Ryan. How about yourself? I'm trying not to let the train run away with me. Um, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of interesting questions out there. And I think what I wanted to cover mostly with you today is not the things that we know. I know we heard from Michael Burton. We heard from Austin Blythe. And there, I'm sure there's some nuggets in there that we'll get from you in a minute. But the thing that's really sticking in my brain is the thing that no one's talking about, that we're not hearing anything on, that I haven't heard a peep about any rumors about pursuing any of these lingering free agents. I haven't heard about any kind of plan for what they're looking for scheme-wise. Um, what is at the top of your list that you're not hearing about? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I go back to the root cause of all of this, which is that basically this year's free agency is bizarre and <laughs> baffling. I mean, it's been since day one, and it continues to be so, because at this point, I mean, every team in the league is basically – I think just shut down to wait until after the draft and see where they're at. So, I mean, there might be a handful of signings here and there, but I mean, I think by and large, it's, I mean, guys aren't getting the money that they want. So unless somebody caves at this point, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty quiet until after the draft and that's when it will probably pick back up again. Um, but yeah, I think that to me, the, the, the odd quiet was with the chiefs and the tackle spot because that seemed the most likely scenario that they would bring in a veteran at least. Uh, you know, somebody else from outside the organization. I mean, and at this point, let's be real. I mean, there's only two guys on the list that mm-hmm. would make any sense for the Chiefs to bring in at this point. It's Villanueva and Okong. Okay. And I mean, once again, neither one of them, I think, are great fits necessarily. And 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 certainly if what we're hearing about, you know, Villanueva's contract demands are in the ballpark, then that's not a fit with the Chiefs either. So, I mean, it makes sense to a degree. What I would expect to heat up in the next 10 days or so would be the, the trade rumor prospects, you know, and, and mm-hmm. whether that, you know, comes from the Chiefs trying to see what's out there or some teams trying to generate some interest and in seeing what they can get going or just dream, you know, random scenarios that people are speculating about that begin to get traction. Uh, there's plenty of that going on right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's going on everywhere. Um, you know, I, I mean, we'll see, but I mean, at this point, I would think that it's just the Chiefs are just going to be in shutdown mode till the draft and see where they're like, they're at after that. I'm glad you point out the two tackles because I agree with you. That's about all I can see. I know there's Rick Wagner out there, but I know he's played on the right most of the time. I don't think you want to deal with flipping anybody in this particular scenario. Um, I think it all comes back to the money, and I, I'm with you on Villanueva. But that said, there is this kind of like concept of right now walking without a net at this point you're on the tightrope because if you get to the draft and if if there isn't going to be any movement particularly at that left tackle spot until after the draft if you strike out if you get a run that you can't get up in front of they could put themselves in a position where they're talking about you know a second third round guy it's clearly a, a a subpar not top tier tackle in the draft and then they have to scramble to go try to get one of these veterans right Potentially. I mean, and that's why, I mean, I, I you have to believe at this point that Brett Veach's plan is not to simply sit back, cross his fingers, 
and hope that his guy is there at 31. I mean, that's 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 not Brad Veach's nature to have a plan that involves just sitting back and waiting for some good luck. I mean, if if plan B all along is one of these guys in the draft, then I, I got to think that one of three things is true. I mean, one is that he's planning to go up and get the guy that he wants. Mm-hmm. Plan two is that the guy that he really, really loves is maybe not well not to say rated the same way but around the league and he thinks that player will be there at 31 and ready to move up if he needs to on draft day and and then number three is that the you know he thinks this is deep draft and maybe he can get the guy that he likes in the second round whether that's with 30 uh, 63 rather or you know moving up from there so i mean i i have to believe at this point that that veach and his staff is is game planning for all of those scenarios now most likely is that they know the player that they want and they're going to go get him. I mean, I still think that's at this point, if I were to rate all the options, I would think Chiefs moving up to make a trade to to get a player that they want is probably the most likely scenario at this point. And I want to come back to what that type of tackle would be, right? And before we get into this, I agree with you, I think, for the knowing what we know about Brett Veach, going up, spending capital to go get it is not out of the order of anything at this point. But what do you feel those attributes are? What do you feel they're looking for the most? Is it emphasis on plug and play? A guy with experience and a a high floor that you feel can walk into the room, settle in next to Tooney and, and try to get going? Or do you, you think that this is uh, maybe more of a, a classic situation where they're looking for a uber talent that they have to develop? I mean, I think you're, you're as a Chiefs fan, I think you're hoping that they're looking for the guy that they think is the next coming of Willie Rove. I mean, mm-hmm. you're hoping that, that they've circled a guy that they think is absolutely the the solution at tackle, at least for the next six to 10 years. Uh, I don't think that they're in the market and they're just hoping to see, Hey, we're hoping that at 31, we can get a guy that's good enough, you know, to eventually be a, a decent left tackle for a couple of seasons. And then after year five, we see what's going on. I mean, I, I got to think that their plan is more ambitious than that. So I've got to believe that what they're looking for is somebody who's plug and play, ready to play in the league right now and can be a stud. And and that's, I think, really interesting because, you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard, you know, you're you're on it, too, about this is a weird tackle draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, you've got the guys athletically are almost all testing off the charts as far as just skills go. Um, they're all apparently short armed, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, so that leaves you down the tape and that's what Brett Veach and his scouts are going to trust. They're going to go to the tape and whether it's 2020 tape or they want to go back to 2019 tape that they're going to trust more, which I think they probably will. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think, I think they, yeah, I think they're looking for guys who are ready to play immediately. That's my thought as well. And that's why I think it comes back to, even if it's not a 10 year player, if it's, a single contract and obviously with a first round pick um, with an option year beyond that. I think that that's got to be enough because I agree with you. This tackle class in particular has guys that have a lot of experience, but maybe don't test as well. There's certainly a lot of short arm dudes. Like, I don't know if you can get that stud that is ready right now. So you have to compromise somewhere. And I think the film actually leads itself to that. I think that's exactly what they're doing. I have some names that I've been kicking around, but I think the whole thing is a little overinflated now. And that brings me to, how you have to go get these guys. And we're going to get into that coming up next. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And bet online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Now, going up to get people is getting interesting, right? This is the most pre-draft action I can remember in significant picks being tossed around. Now we're hearing rumors that uh, Atlanta is open for business at number four. Uh, Maybe they don't want either the premier pass catcher to help Matt Ryan or somebody to replace Matt Ryan. I don't know. It seems a little bit iffy to me. But tell me this. Just like knock my head off to begin with. They can't go up to number four, can they? That seems a little high. Okay. Because if you're going from third and, and probably high in a lot of different ways, um, you're talking <laughs> about going from 31 to four. You're talking this year's first, next year's first, a second. And I mean, <laughs> we're not done yet. Right. I mean, you know, that's, that's about, that's at least what's going to take. I mean, it's going to take pretty much what, you know, the, the, the Dolphins and the 49ers. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, almost exact same move. So it's exactly. almost the exact same price that you're looking at there. Um, so that's a little high. Now, maybe what the Chiefs are crossing their fingers and hoping is that, hey, these quarterbacks are going to start going off the board and it, there's just going to be quarterbacks riddled throughout early on. Maybe some, you know, maybe a team like Atlanta will, you know, go with something other than a tackle. And then you've your baby, your best scenario is that all of a sudden you're sitting there maybe at number 10 and maybe no tackles off the board. I can't imagine that. But let's say that's one of the scenarios. Mm-hmm. I mean, and now you're talking about the Chiefs going from 31 to 10. That's hey, they've done it before. And if you're talking about a guy that, that you believe is a stud left tackle in this league for a while, giving up a first first next year second, something else, third and fifth, something like you know, something of that nature, probably that ballpark. I mean, it would be very similar, frankly, to the Mahomes trade. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, uh, that's a price I'd be willing to pay if, that, if I think that there's a left tackle that's a stud for the next eight to ten years. Okay, so l- let's do this. Let's not even worry about who that player is, uh, whether Sewell's the top guy on the board or Slater or whoever X person has, whoever Brett Veach and his staff have. That's who it is, right? That said, is the value going up to, say, 10, which I, I think you're going to be able to get one of those top two guys probably in the top 12. Maybe if you get to 12, you can do it. But trading up that far at a cost that is similar to what you, you spent to go get Mahomes for a tackle, one in particular who I think is probably the better on my board that didn't play in 2020, do you find that reasonable value, and do you think that Brett Veach will? That's a really interesting question. And and I think that to a degree, he would make he would definitely make more sense as a value pick if he was able to include more of twenty one draft picks than future picks. Mm-hmm. So if it took let's let's say it took a first, second, and a third this year, 
and another pick next year. Maybe it's a first, maybe it's a second. I mean, maybe what you get, if you did a first, second, and third this year, maybe you could get away with a second or you, it, but anything that you could do from the, this standpoint, because, uh, you know, Brett Veach, from what he's already told us, the, the picks this year are, are not as valuable as mm-hmm. they've been in other drafts because you don't have the best information. And that's across the board because you've got guys who are, you know, the only numbers you have on them are from their pro days under ideal conditions that may or may not be home cooked. Right. You know, you've got very, you don't have as much film on these guys as you do. And some of these best players, you don't have any recent film. So you're relying on sophomore and junior seasons for these guys. So the information is not perfect. So this year's draft choices, frankly, I mean, you know, from the chief standpoint, their view is that, they're just not as valuable as in other drafts. But hey, if another team's willing to take you know, you're a first, second, and a third, and hey, if you could get away with just throwing in a fourth from next year or something crazy like that, I mean, that I think would be an absolutely dream scenario for the Chiefs. Because I, cause frankly, I mean, I almost think that if they thought that they could go all Mike Ditka and get the left <laughs> tackle of their dreams for every pick in this year's draft, I think that would be a value because I mean, it to a to a degree, this year's draft is a bigger crapshoot than even last year's draft was. Well, and the overflow is going to be whoever did play this season. It was a, a strange season to begin with, so maybe that bleeds into next year's class as well. But that takes me even farther down the line of is it all in on that position right now? Given what we've seen the Chiefs do with the offensive line. Right now, we can easily project three new starters out of the five. Uh, definitely have to have that left tackle that is likely not in the roster now. So there's a fourth. Like, is this is this all in? Can you you expect they might discount this year's draft picks and maybe next year's because of this strange season so much that they do go all in on a single player, say in the top 100? Honestly, I could see it. I mean, I mm-hmm. really could. I mean, if it's a player, especially if it's somebody that they've been able to bring in you know, test themselves, do some workouts with, you know, really get their hands on a little bit, at least to look from a medical standpoint. You know, I, I could see it because like, like we talked about, I mean, this year's draft picks don't have as much value as in the past. Maybe next year's will be in that same ballpark. And, it, but it depends on the position. I mean, once again, I mean, and your situation and your scenario, I mean, it wouldn't make sense for a lot of teams to go from 31 to 10 and giving up a ton of draft picks to get a left tackle. But for a team whose most glaring weakness is left tackle, which has a half a billion dollar quarterback that needs to be protected, all of these scenarios together means, you know, that left tackle spot to me is now more important than almost any other position on the team. I mean, as valuable as receiver and tight end are for for the Chiefs and making sure that Mahomes has, has weapons, I think we've seen now through just on-field play, that left tackle position is huge. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I mean, to me, it's a situation where if you've got the ability to go get a guy that you think is a generational talent, go get him. I mean, whatever the cost may be. Now, I, and I think it's different than, you know, some other teams talking about, you know, mortgaging the future or anything of this nature because the Chiefs have a future with Mahomes. I mean, that's the, that's the deal. I mean, you've got that position right, so that helps, but you you know now from experience that you just can't go out there with a you know a below replacement level left tackle and expect to be success. I mean, and and if you and if you can make sure that that left tackle position is something you don't have to worry about for eight years, do it. That makes sense. I actually look at this class and I don't see any generational talent. 
even at the top, I I have trouble projecting anybody past a second contract. And even then, there are some serious question marks about a lot of guys. There's nobody here with the kind of length that we saw in last year's class with Wirfs and Wills. There's nobody that blocks that way. I, I think that there's it's a little bit of a throwback to old school, shorter armed, stronger guys, a little bit more mauler type in this general class. There are some exceptions. I've been focused on the 20 to back. You know, what are the second tier outside of the top three? Do you think that that, that is more or less likely than trade all the way up? Or what do you think that they're basing their evaluations on? Again, the athleticism versus the experience. Yeah, I I think those scenarios are pretty close. I mean, like, I'm, not, I'm not saying at this point that I think it's 75% that they're going to trade up. I mean, I think it's, um, I would say, a plurality. My, yeah. my, my, my guess right now would put maybe in the 40s that they trade up. Uh, so, yeah, sitting back and, and even waiting. I mean, even waiting until 25 if they needed to for the player that they like. Because, yeah, I mean, with first round left tackles, I mean, look, like you talked about earlier, I mean, some of them might be generational talents. Some of them might be simply guys that have really high floors and not super high ceilings necessarily. You're still, you can still get guys who are plug and play, who can go in and contribute immediately, which is what the Chiefs need, even if they're, even if they're only average to begin with. I mean, and not a, a stud. I mean, you, yeah, frankly, right now, you know, the Chiefs can't feel that they have even replacement level play from left tackle on the roster. I mean, so if you can get that as an upgrade, even late in the first round, then I still think that's a, you know, a fine decision. And, and the factor that I think you're right, which is that there are maybe a couple of players in this year's tackle class that might fit into that category of generational type player had they played in 20, mm. had they played this past season, you know, that's the problem is that, frankly, I mean, I think that, you know, some of the best players don't have any, you know, 2020 film. And, you know, and and now Brett Veach is a guy that when it comes to these players, I do feel like he's going to favor the film over anything else. I mean, that's generally what he always trusts, even even as, as much as the Chiefs do lean on analytics and they do lean on measurements. And there's a there's certain positions where they do desire certain body types and certain abilities and certain makeup bottom lines are always going to trust the tape. So if they've got a guy that, you know, that they don't trust the numbers necessarily, like in this year's draft class, you're going to have everybody. You can't trust the numbers <laughs> or, or someone who's short armed for the position, you know, they're going to trust the film. And if the film shows that, Hey, this was a dominant player, they're going to favor that. So, you know, I could, I can certainly see them throwing out some of these factors. Um, Every and now I'm not here. I am basically taking the contrary of what I said earlier, which is that this year's draft picks are so undervalued, so you know undervalued that there's not necessarily a desire to overpay mm-hmm. for merchandise that you're questioning. So it's both ways. I mean, yeah, if you see a player that's film you trust and you think, hey, this is a stud, and you want to go get him, that's great, but. If there's a player that you're like, well, gosh, everything looks great, but haven't seen a lot of football field in 18 months. Maybe I don't want to give up for him. Maybe I want to sit back and wait. That's why Brett Veach makes millions of dollars, and I don't. <laughs> uh, you and me both. <laughs> this whole class of all these factors, it feels to me like you go into the grocery store and the label on the hamburger is expires today. And you don't know if you pay for it and go for it. If you try to get the discount, I think it's all a hodgepodge. 
And we haven't even scratched the surface on the other positions. We're going to have to do that another time because I think I've run you out of time as it is. So thanks for what you've given us so far today, Matt. A lot to think about. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. Folks, thank you for listening. We will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.